It's heavy doing this. It's heavier doing this. When I say this, I mean being a pastor, preaching God's word, bringing truth to you. It's, it's heavier doing this in the time, in the day, in the age where we live. We live in a time where people have the expectations of a pastor. The expectation is that he is to do everything. He is to lead every single thing that is done in the church. He is to be there every time somebody passes away and every time somebody's in the hospital. He is to be there. And he is to motivate you to love God. I cannot make you love God. You either do or you don't. I can't do that for you. Nothing I can say to you will make you love God. The Holy Spirit of God, He is speaking to you. But He's speaking to you even when I'm not speaking. I want you to know that. People come in here with the expectation the Holy Spirit will speak to them. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit can speak to you anywhere. The Holy Spirit speaks to me walking through Walmart at 5 a.m. There's this expectation that we're supposed to come in here and have worship songs and people's hearts get stirred and, and God's word is going to reveal something to them. and Like that's the extent of the Christian experience, the Christian walk. That's it. Like that's, that's what's expected. can't make you love God I can't do everything for you I can't be your Jesus when you're hurting you can talk to me but let me tell you something my words are feeble I won't be able to take any pain away from you Jesus he's really the one you need to talk to I want you to know that that's where I go I go to him I don't go to my pastor. I go to him. I'm not trying to tell you you can't come to me and talk to me. That's not what I'm saying. I just want you to understand where the power comes from. It is not me. You understand that I'm just a man. I'm just a human being just like every one of you. Full of faults. Full of issues. Full of sin. Just like you. Um, I guess I guess the word is frustrated, maybe. I don't know what it is, but I'm heartbroken over the fact that people don't love God on their own. They feel like they have to have somebody motivate them to love God. We've been doing this whole series, and we've been talking about, you know, renewal and, 
being different in 2019 and, you know, worship and love and remember and all those kinds of things. But if you love God, if you love him, you don't need me to tell you those things. You will do it on your own. You will worship on your own. You will pray on your own. You will get alone on your own. People oftentimes say, well, I'm going to uh, wait on the next mission trip to go to Haiti. I want to ask the question, do you love Simple Church or do you love the people in Haiti that God has called you to go and reach? You don't need Simple Church in order for you to go to Haiti and love people. You don't need to wait on us to have another mission trip to go to the other side of Atlanta to an impoverished neighborhood where people don't know Jesus. You don't need me to lead you in there and say, go share the gospel with that person. Your love of Jesus should motivate you to do that. That should be the only motivation you need. you're looking for something else you need to really really pause for a moment and think about do I love Jesus my desire is for people to know God my desire is to bring this word to you in such a way that you know something about God that you did not know before you left but every single day of your life you've got to live in such a way that that is the desire of your heart it can't be just a Sunday thing. It can't be just a Wednesday thing. It has to be something inside of you where you are so in love with God that you cannot stand it. Let me ask you, is there a place in your house where you look and that's your place to pray when nobody else is around? It's, it's just you. And when you look at that place, it brings tears to your eyes because you know how many tears have been shed in that place. That you've just gotten on your face before God in that little spot and you just cry out, Abba, Father, to Him, and you know that He heard you from heaven. Do you have a spot like that in your house? Do you have a spot like that in your life? Do you love God in such a way that you just longingly look at that spot and go, man, God has changed my life in that spot. We do all these things to try to motivate people to love God. We have all these programs. I was told, he's a friend of mine, but I never met him. I don't know if you know what that means, but there's a friend of mine, but I never met him. He sent a message to me before Simple Church ever started, and this is what he said. He said, Kenny, I hear what you're trying to do with Simple Church. I really do. I hear what you're trying to do, and it's supposed to be just go with wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. You do as God has called you to do. 
And you just do that. No programs, no regimented structure, no, no, we got to do things this way because this is the way it's always been done. And he said, I hear you. And there will be people that will come and they will want to be a part of that. But I want you to know that many of those people, Kenny, will leave. They will leave because it is so different and it is so not what they're used to. It is so against the grain that they will leave even what God has called them to do, even if God has called them to be a part of this ministry, God, they will leave that in order to be able to go back to what is comfortable because being responsive to the Holy Spirit is something that is difficult. And I have seen that. I've seen the reality of that lived out in this place. People would rather have what is comfortable and what they know than have what is of God and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It freaks people out that we talk about the Holy Spirit so much. It, it shakes them up. They're like, I don't know if I'm in with this whole following God wherever he leads kind of thing. I don't want to be any different than that. I don't want to be a part of a group of people that want to be something other than that. I want people that I'm around to say, you know what, this is what God's led me to do. If simple, if simple church would like to be a part of that, maybe there's some other people that feel the same way because God calls us together as a group of believers to be the hands and, and feet of Jesus, and, and he's the head, and, and maybe there's some other people that feel the way that I do, so I'm going to tell my friends at Simple Church about it, and we're going to go and we're going to do this, and this is because God has put this on our hearts. I just want people to do that. I don't want them to come to me and say, man, I got this great idea. We should turn this into a ministry and, and we should feed the homeless in this way. You want to feed the homeless? The Holy Spirit has put it on your heart to feed the homeless. Go feed the homeless. You don't need my blessing to go feed the homeless. When God called me to start Simple Church, I told some folks at work, I said, I'm starting a church. God told me to start a church. And there's this one guy at work, and he said, can you do that? Can you do that? And he said, don't you have to, like, check with somebody or get some sort of approval or a rubber stamp or something? I said, I got approval. I got approval. But it didn't come from anybody here on this earth. When you are in love with God, when you're in love with Jesus, nobody has to guilt trip you into coming to church. Nobody has to beg you. Nobody has to, like, shout from the rooftops, hey, we're having church today. When you love God, you'll just want to be there. I mean, people try to downplay church, and church is not this or it's not that. I agree that it's not everything. But when I know the Holy Spirit is in a place, I like to go to that place. I told you a story once before about being in Haiti, and there were these men that were there while we were worshiping. They were, they were Haitians, okay? And we were there just singing songs, and we were reading Scripture together. And, and there, these were three men that were dressed up 
in their Sunday best, shoes completely shiny. They were just there. And so I asked the other missionaries, I said, what, what, is, what are these guys doing here? This is what they said. They said, they're here every time. I said, do they speak English? No, they don't speak English. They can't hear what you're saying. They don't understand it. But this is what they said. They said, we know that the Holy Spirit is here, so this is where we want to be. They don't even have to understand the language. All they got to know is that the Holy Spirit is there, so they want to be there. Nobody had to put out any flyers. Nobody had to have any giveaways. They just came because they wanted to be where the Holy Spirit of God was. Why? I believe it's because they love Jesus. People say, well, why don't you preach about tithing and giving and all that so much? I'll tell you why. Because I want to preach about the glory of God. I want to preach about who God is and his immense love for you and the reality of what it means to be a Christ follower. If you understand those things, nobody will have to tell you to give. You'll just want to give. Nobody will have to beg you to come here. You'll just want to. My job is not to come up here and make you feel good. There are plenty of places you can go for that. I will come up here and I will tell you about God and who he is and how he's revealed himself through his word and that should make you feel good. If it doesn't, you need to ask yourself whether or not you're a Christ follower and whether or not you really love Jesus. I won't have to beg you to read your word, to read his word. I won't have to give you a sermon plan, a, a outline or a scripture plan for you to go and read throughout the year. This is a breakdown of where you read, and you read this this week, and you read that this week. If you love Jesus, you, you won't need me to do that. You'll just read. You know why? Because this is how God's revealed himself. And you want to know more about God. If you love him, you want to know more about him, so you read. I, I don't know what to tell you. I can't make you love him. I can't make you read his word. I can't make you give. He's amazing. Amazing beyond our comprehension. He just is. He just is. God is love. And, and when you think about love, it's like, that's not a description of God. It is so much God that it just is. He just is. And if you don't love somebody who is so characterized by love that he is the very definition of love, I can't make that happen for you. I'm going to read some scripture to you. I don't know what God's going to do with it. I'm just going to read it. Paul's talking to a church here, and it's a church at Corinth. This is what he says. So when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Christ Jesus, the one who was crucified. 
desires to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever or persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul said, I did it intentionally. I didn't use a bunch of fancy sayings. I didn't use a bunch of words that you couldn't understand. I spoke plainly so that you would see me relying on the Holy Spirit and you would understand this power of God that exists in the Holy Spirit. Because I want you to to understand and trust in and believe in this power that exists in the Holy Spirit. I have people tell me, can we have, you know, an outline of how you're supposed to share the gospel with somebody? Sure, we can. That doesn't mean that you'll use it. The best thing that you have going for you is if you're a Christ follower to tell them about what God did in your life. It is your testimony. We don't have an outline for your testimony. We don't have an outline for this is what God did in my life. You just tell them. And you tell them how good God is. But more importantly than all that is you just rely on the Holy Spirit. I mean, can you imagine God put somebody on your heart that you're supposed to share his good news with and you just get down on your face before God and say, God, your Holy Spirit move in and through me because I desire nothing but to know Christ and Christ crucified. And I want people to know this message of Christ and Christ crucified. Can you imagine? Totally relying on the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, yet I'm with, when I'm with mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak is of the mystery of God. His plan that is previously hidden, then made, made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. But this is what the scripture means. They said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I feel like so many times in our life, um, we feel like if we're pretty good people and we go to church every once in a while, that, that means that we love God. I don't believe that that's the case. I don't believe that that's the case because I don't see people just coming in here having weeped because they're in prayer to God before they ever got into this place. I was recently presented with something. Somebody said, oh, we need to have a Facebook group where we post the the prayer needs of the church. Then we can have a group of people that get together and they pray for the prayer needs of the church. There is only one need in this church, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is Christ and Christ crucified. If we do that, 
If we pray for that, then we are praying for everything. We don't need another Facebook group. We don't need anything else. This building is open at 7 a.m. every Sunday. Every Sunday it's open at 7 a.m. I have yet to see somebody just say, you know what? I'm just going to come in early and I'm going to fall down at this altar and I'm going to pray over these chairs that as God moves in this place, the Holy Spirit of God will fall on somebody and they'll be rescued from their sin forever. There may be some that do it next Sunday. But the question is, the Sunday after that? And the Sunday after that? And the Sunday after that? And three years down the road? Will they still be coming in early to pray? To fall down on their face before God and say, God, I pray that you would rescue somebody. We can barely get people to show up at 10. I'm not telling you the truth to hurt you. I'm telling you the truth because you need the truth. I'm not telling you the truth to be cynical, to put you down. I'm telling you the truth because you need to know the truth. If you want something other than the truth, then you should not be in this place. Verse 10 says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can prepare, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. They can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can even evaluate all these things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. There's a trend in the modern church today to try to make you love God. To try to have enough programs to get you in the building enough so that somehow, some way, God will be able to, to squeak out something so that you'll have your eyes opened. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. When you seek God because you love God, God reveals himself to you, and then you want more of who God is. 
As he reveals himself to you over and over and over again, you want more and more and more of that. That there will be times when you fall down on your face at 4 o'clock in the morning because you cannot stand it anymore. You're like, God, I just want to know you more. I just want to know you more. I want to know who you are. And I want a greater, deeper understanding of the connection with Christ crucified. And I want to take that message to the ends of the earth because you are good and you are glorious. And and there are places where people do not know that. But I can't make that happen for you. There was uh, a time when I was a college pastor and I would often do a, a, a sermon series and it was basically just, do you love God? Do you love God? When you lay in your bed at night and you think about the things of God, do you genuinely love God? Or is the extent of your love for God waking up in just enough time to make it here on Sunday morning? I, I, I don't have to tell you the answer. Each one of us has to answer that question for ourselves. That Jesus himself goes, who am I to you? Who am I to you? I know what everybody else says. I'm not interested in what they say. I'm interested in you and what you say. And not just the words that come out of your your lips, but but the, the, the way that your life speaks. Is it such that you love me? Is that I am truly your Lord? Or is it just a game? Is it just a pretend game to try to get everybody else to assume that, that I'm like them? That I'm, I'm actually much better than some and I, I don't do all the stuff that they do, therefore I am good. And I'm like, but do you love God? The measure of your love, love for God is not how much you keep from sinning. Your love for God will fall over into that category and that will be the result of you not sinning, not the other way around. just so frustrated by asking the question, do you love God, and, and hear people in their own minds just, well, yeah, everybody loves God. Everybody loves God. If you look at the condition, not just of the world, I'm not talking about the world, of the church, yeah. of the church. When I say the church, I'm talking about other people who are up on Sunday mornings going somewhere. Do you genuinely see a love for God? Or are they waiting on their pastor to tell them to do something so that then they can go and do it? So when I say this is heavy, it's heavy beyond even what I can describe. The words in this book are, are so real and they're so true. And sometimes we search it out and we try to find little obscure passages. Or, and I'm guilty of this. I go and I find something and I'll preach to you for 30 minutes on something that's two sentences. Something out of the Old Testament. And that's great and that's wonderful. And God's word is rich and it's deep. And we should seek those things out. But you know that 
We have spoken more truth in the past 20 minutes than you'll be able to live out for the rest of your life. We keep searching for the next thing that we're supposed to do. God, show me the next thing I'm supposed to do. And like, I think that he's given you 40 billion things to do. And you haven't done any of those, so why would he give you something else? I know it's hard. <laughs> I know that's the reason a lot of people don't do it, because it's hard. I got it. There's a book full of people here that it was hard for them to. Some of them gave their lives, and, and we're not even to the point of giving our life. They look at people in different parts of the world who are in captivity and they're in prison. Uh, that'll never be me. What makes them different than you? Is there something special that has happened to them? Or is it simply their love for God? We've gotten very good at pretending especially here in the Bible Belt. It's kind of like our forte, you know? It's what we're known for. We just got to pretend. I don't think you can pretend to yourself, and you certainly can't pretend to God. I can trick other people all day long, but I can't trick myself. I know what's going on in here. I know who I really am. And it's dark and I'm alone with God. We sometimes use the excuse, well, I'm too sinful. There's too much crap in my life for me to be used for God. Not if you know Christ and know him crucified. If you know Christ and you know him crucified, you know all too well that his blood covers all and there is no sin too great for him I wish I could get out the words that I want to say so bad I wish that I could articulate them in such a way that they would come out and I would be able to like just say that's it but I can't I have to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you and to speak to you individually. Because here's, what, here's the truth, is that God knows your heart. I don't have to. His Holy Spirit is all over this place, and he is moving, and he is speaking to you. I don't really have to say it. People often say to me, Kenny, are you in my head? Why are you saying this stuff? Did you like read my journal? Did you, have you been sneaking into my house? Do you have a video camera in my house? No. It's just the Holy Spirit of God. He's speaking to you because he knows you. Talk about doing something. Just need to do something. What is your motivation for doing something? Is it because somebody told you to or somebody told you that you should you should do it if you're a Christian? You should go on a trip to Haiti, or did you do it because the Holy Spirit of God says this is what you're supposed to do? 
Same thing with giving. Just like I said, do you give because the Holy Spirit said you're to give? Or do you wait on somebody to pick out some particular passage of Scripture and say, oh, look, see, this is how much you're supposed to give, and this is the way that you're supposed to give it. I'll tell you right now, in case you're wondering, tithing is not a New Testament principle. Tithing is an Old Testament principle. They used the tithe, the 10% that was given, to not only operate the church, but also to operate the government, fix the streets, all the kinds of stuff that they did. Okay, So I'm going to tell you straight up that tithing is not a New Testament principle. Now, you'll find a thousand other Baptist preachers within the sound of my voice that will tell you otherwise. I'm telling you, go and look for yourself. Tithing is not a New Testament principle. Do you want to know what the standard is for giving in the New Testament? It's not 10%. You know what the standard for giving is? Everything. Everything. That's the standard. And you say, well, Kenny, am I supposed to give everything? I don't know. You listen to the Holy Spirit. Am I supposed to give 10%? I don't know. You ask the Holy Spirit. Don't ask me. Ask the Holy Spirit. The uh, students are going to a D-Now weekend, and I want to be transparent with you. They're going to a D-Now weekend, and we've it's going to be February 15th to 17th. And uh, we're providing a place for them to stay. We're going to take them down to Shaco Springs. We're providing activities for them to do. And we're not asking them to pay above and beyond the price it goes, the cost to go to D-Now. D-Now has a cost on its own to pay for the speakers, to pay for the band, all of that kind of stuff. Us going to Shaco is not part of that. And we're going to pay for that from the church. I tell you that because you need to know that. There's I'm not sure what the mentality is. Maybe it's because of other churches or the way money's been used in other places and we see televangelists flying around in jets and all this kind of crap, you know, and it just it drives me nuts. But maybe that's the reason people don't give like they should. It's because they're going, Well, there's no telling what's gonna happen with that money. We are people full of faults. The leadership of this church are people. I will tell you that. But I promise you, we do everything that we can to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And if you do not trust the church with that, you should not be here because you should not trust what I'm saying about God's Word. whatever reason, God keeps taking me back to Haiti in my mind. I mean, the first trip we took to Haiti in 2013, and um, I can just tell you that God's done tremendous things there, and I've just seen God move in powerful ways. I've seen God move in ways that I can't even describe. And I'll tell you a story about a, uh, a guy who's a voodoo priest. There's a guy who's a voodoo priest in Haiti, and uh, we had sent some, some of our team out to go and talk to, to some people in a village. 
Now, this village was one where uh, it was both, mostly FEMA trailers that had been brought in because of the hurricanes and the, uh, the uh, devastation they've experienced through earthquakes and all of that, right? So we just sent a group out. We said, you know what? We're just going to walk through this village. We're going to tell people about Jesus. Well, I, I hear this group kind of in an argument. I told them, I said, you know, I'm going to just stay back and I'm going to go wherever God leads me. And if God leads me to a particular area, I'll go there and that's fine. You guys go and you take an interpreter with you. Well, I hear this one group that's in an argument. And I go over there and there's this voodoo priest, right? Voodoo is very prominent in uh, Haiti. And he's arguing with them. I said, I talked to the interpreter. I said, what is the deal? You know, why is he so upset? Why is it, why is it such a big deal, whatever's going on here? He said, well, here's the thing. He said, there was this preacher that came to town. And he started upsetting everybody's life. He started saying, well, this is the way you should get married. This is the way that you should do this. This is what you should do here. And he just basically gave out this whole list of rules that we were supposed to follow. And that was supposed to mean that that's what you did if you were a Christ follower. And he said, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. So I got down. Uh, this guy was sitting down. He was sitting on some steps and he was sitting there like this and I just uh, I got down close to him I said told the interpreter I said you tell him what I'm saying so that that pastor that came to town that pastor was just a man He's a man. He's trying to do the best that he can, but he's also got some, some faults. He's also got some issues of his own. I said, but there is one who loves you. His name is Jesus Christ. And regardless of what that man told you, I can tell you for sure that this book that I hold in my hands tells you about the love of Christ for you. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take that man's word for it. You can just read it for yourself. And it was the last Creole Bible that we had. And I handed it to him. I said, I, don't, I want you to read it for yourself. And he had tears. He had tears in his eyes. You see, the people at village, they, they came to him. Whenever they had a problem, they came to him. So there was this guy, he was standing, I was down here talking to this voodoo priest, and this guy standing right here. And oh, it's rips my heart out to even tell you, but he said, Can I have one of those? Can I have one of those books? You know, if more Christians had given, we could have taken more Bibles to them, but we only had this one left. shot they were. I'll never forget that. It was like time stood still and I was just sitting there. I was looking at him and I said, you're supposed to read it and you're supposed to tell him what it says. Do you know that the message is no more complicated than that for you and for me? You're supposed to read it and you're supposed to tell him what it says because there's a God that loves him and there's a God that loves you. 
if you experience that love and it's, it's so real to you, you'll want to tell somebody else about this love that is real. I can't make you love God. I can't make you want to tell people about God. I can't make you pray. I can't make you worship. I can't re- make you read His Word. But if you love Him, you will. I can't create another set of programs. I can't create another Facebook group. You're either going to love Him or you're not. that I should have said that I did not say and I know that there are things that I have been blinded by because of my own sin in my life God that I could not hear clearly your Holy Spirit God I know that but I know more than anything that you're a God who loves these people I know that you gave your son Jesus for them I know that without a doubt my only prayer is that your Holy Spirit has spoken the words that I could not speak that as I fumbled through reading your scriptures, God, that the Holy Spirit of God was just speaking clearly to their hearts. That they have heard straight from God today. They have recognized your love today. God, I pray that they love you. I pray that they love you, and I pray that if they love you, they'll express that through their lives. Lord, I I don't know what it is you have in store. do it. 